Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in the safe house with my co-host on the phone, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hello, Renee. How are you? I'm good, man. It's it's been uh, it's been a few days since we got to see each other, uh, and I guess we're not seeing each other now. But uh, you know, we're 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 here in, in in communication. How have you been, man? I, I'm good. I'm I'm sitting here with Ava Braun in my bunker. Okay. And uh, and uh, we're just getting ready for the end. Okay. Good. 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 But you have cocktails. <laughs> Yeah, I have a cocktail. I don't have the the, uh, you have the cyanide uh, black pills? capsule. That, you don't have the black capsule. I don't have the black capsule that Adolf took in the bunker, but uh, it's getting close. Maybe yep. it's getting close. Well, I've got the twenty-two yeah. over here in case you need it. You have a twenty-two. No, yeah, I don't, well, don't want to go out that way. Okay, I'm saying I don't want to go out that way. Right. You know, but um, things are crazy. We're both in our safe houses and. Uh, we're uh, we're here in this city, and and it's so crazy because I, if I recall, uh, I think I predicted a couple of shows ago that this thing was only going to get worse. You and did. It has gotten worse. You did. You you were yeah. you're a, a fucking prophet, man. Yeah, I know. I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not making a profit. I'm not making anything <laughs> out of this. Well, no, I didn't mean that. But I mean, like <laughs> somehow you had uh, a better public health information than than the leaders of our nation or 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 our city you know like like i, I know you you had said well when when you told me on the last show that well you know this thing t- has a two-week gestation period so that was the first i'd actually heard that and i had to like kind of fact check it's like is that right and it turns out it is right um but that was not well, information think- that was widely disseminated but you know why because i read the fake news okay <laughs> Which turns out to be real. <laughs> yeah, because it's actually the real news. You know, but this, in some ways, this is, I know it's a horrible thing what's going on, but this is my dream. I, I mean, social distancing is my favorite thing ever. Well, that's how I was, you know? I was thinking about that. Like, you've been practicing social distancing for, for years now, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I have. I have been practicing it for years. You were ahead of the and curve. finally... Yeah, and now it's in vogue. Right, it's in vogue. So I'm a trend. I'm a trendsetter in many ways. Once again, yeah, just like like we learned from yeah. you that the microwave works just as well with the door open as the door closed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, the only thing that would make it more perfect for me uh-huh. for this city uh-huh. is if the garbage men go on strike. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. think that's going to be good. <laughs> I mean, we- that would be nice for me. I would get a good laugh out of it, just like saying, you know. Um, but um, no, it's it's it, it, it's it's crazy going nuts. Uh, yes. I finally worked my last day at my job. They, uh, the, the, my bosses finally said it's time to go home, hmm. uh, get out, and uh, so I'm I'm uh, actually at home, getting paid to be at home, which is nice. Okay, well, unlike the rest and, of us on, on the on the call here, who are who are uh, not getting paid and have no work, <laughs> but uh, but that's well, good. That's good. 
Well, I heard Rouse's is hiring right now. Well, okay, it's it's good to have a fallback. You know, I actually said that the other day. It's like you know, so in fact, one of my neighbors said that. I thought that was very cute. I was talking about how you know French Quarter Fest is is postponed, Jazz Fest is postponed. Every gig I have from now till the end of time is is canceled. And they said, well, you know, there are certain places, you know, like like the the grocery store. <laughs> I thought, really, that's that's what I should do. I should go uh, work as a cashier. <laughs> That's your suggestion for me. Okay, well, I appreciate the dog shit out of that. Um, and hey, it may it may come to that, man. But uh, you know, well, you know, you can always uh, you like being a handyman. You can always uh, uh, be a handyman for hire because there's people out there that need stuff fixed. There are, but you know, and... it's, again, we're supposed to be social distancing. You know, in fact, in fact, I, I had, uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm going on like like this isn't the end of the world. And in fact, had a, uh, a, a, a whole, um, air con- central air conditioning and, and heating system installed in one of my properties. And, uh, you know, the guy did a great job of getting it in really quick. And then they finished in half the normal time. And then I got an email that evening saying, thank you so much for, for letting us finish this quickly. And now we're we're shutting down the business. So, so this was the last installation this business is doing now. They're, I guess, according to, you know, the governor's, uh, order to cease non-essential businesses. Now, now how they consider, uh, uh, air conditioning repair, non-essential business in new Orleans. I think, you know, it's going to be tough, man. If, uh, you know, much more time goes by, but, but so, yes, uh, uh, I think, you know, we're all self quarantining, even those, uh, those handymen, you know, uh, I will have my hands full just with my own stuff repairing it. So, but, uh, right. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see a lot of, uh, um, you know, job opportunities for me in, in, in the short term. So, well, you know, you could, you could go back to dealing drugs. Well, I, I know I, there's junk. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, you know, I, I wonder about that. I mean, that's, it's going to be tough for those people, man. Cause that's, that's not well, that's something what I was thinking too. Yeah. I mean, if you're a junkie, if you're a junkie in this kind of situation, it's like, what do you do? Yeah. man. I mean, you really can't go rob anyone because they're not out there to rob. Right. You know, and, and, uh, and even just the commerce, your, that... your source, your mm-hmm. source isn't out there either. Right. You know, and I also was thinking about, you know, I was walking through uh, campus uh, last last week and I see all these birds and squirrels and all these little animals that depend on um, the public throwing trash and missing the trash and it ends up on the street. Mm-hmm. And these 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 little animals, you know, they they feed off the guy who who ate half his burrito and he threw it to the trash can, but it didn't make it. It ended up on the street. So it's a meal for some squirrels and some birds, right. but that's not even happening now. No. So how do you how do you think these little animals are going to survive? You know, I, I did take a, a walk through the completely deserted French Quarter a few nights ago. Um, you know, it was late at night. There was nobody out. We took a little a little uh, car ride and and uh, you know just just walk through, stayed away from everybody. But the only people that were there were homeless people, and I thought. You know, similarly, these poor people, they have no one to, to solicit. I mean, it's, it's gotta be tough, man. You know, everybody's having to figure out a new, new uh, paradigm. It's a troubling time for the nation. It is. It is. It is. Now, and the world for that matter. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The world for sure. For sure. Now, now, you know, 
if we told someone two months ago that we would be in this situation, no one would have believed it. It's, it's, it's un- right. unthinkable. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's nuts. It's really nuts what's going on. And in my notes, I, I have the same thing. I mean, um, uh, you know, about the homeless people. Yeah. You know, uh, in fact, um, I guess they're getting, you know, very desperate or very more creative because, uh, you know, they always have these signs saying, uh, you know, anything helps, you know, 50 cents, a dollar. Mm-hmm. Or you see these guys who just say, you know, why lie? I need a drink, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but I saw um, just a few days ago, I was driving uh, around, I was going down Claiborne and Esplanade. Actually, it was the last day that the ring room was open. It was okay. the last day. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw this homeless woman, and uh, she had a sign saying, open. <laughs> she so, was still open. Everything else was closed, but she right, was still open well, for business. I, open, for, open for what is what I want to know. Okay. You know? <laughs> you know? Right. But, you know, they're getting more and more creative, and, and I appreciate it. It's all, it's you know, it's what it is. But, you know, also... Um, you know, going back to what I predicted, um, you know, and I think when we had our, our, our guest, um, what was his name? Uh, Jonathan Freilich. Oh, Jonathan Freilich. Yes. You know, yeah. And I told him how I want, I told you guys how, if I ever become mayor, I want to end Mardi Gras, Yes. you know, because it just leads to disaster. Right. Well, you know, look, look at it. Look at you now. You know, look at, look at us now. I, that I, you know? I, I have thought of that on, on, a bunch of occasions had you been mayor you would have just canceled mardi gras on general principles just because not because of any any uh you know public health issue just because you don't like mardi gras and right but, exactly but it but it would have it it, it would have gra- drastically reduced the uh the the disease uh spreading you know the 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 uh the vector of, of, of disease, which, which look, New Orleans is going to wind up being seen as one of the primaries and Mardi Gras rather as primary, uh, mechanisms that spread this throughout the whole country because you had people coming from right. all over the place. They all gathered here. They, they blew their, their, um, immune systems out with a bunch of drinking and not sleeping enough and crowding together. And then, uh, then they all went back to to their communities and brought the brought this virus back to their communities. So again, exactly. Again, you know, ignore Manny Chevrolet's uh, 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 campaign at your own peril. You know, right? Yeah, you yeah. know. Well, you well, think I'm joking? No, a lot of people I, I, think I'm joking, but most of the time I'm not joking. Right? No, I get it. I get it. No, I've, I've, I've been thinking that same thing. Well, well, Manny, uh, you know, you hear our, our guest there uh, laughing along. I know he has a lot to say. Can we can we go ahead and get him in the mix here? Yeah, let's get him in. Let's get uh, let's get him in. So so this is the guest. This is the first time we've ever had a repeat guest, you know, ever, and starting back with and he was one of our earliest guests and. Starting way back then, when we'd have a, a great one like like he was, we'd we'd end the podcast saying, "God, you know, we could do a part two of this." You know, well, well, we we've never had a part two because we always had another great one. But you know, uh, he's I, I guess we're finally getting to that point where you know we we can bring these people back in. So uh, he's a, a 
a guitar player. Um, he's he's lived all over the country. He's been in all these different scenes. You know, I, I referred to him the first time as kind of the zealot of rock and roll in terms of any scene, any period of time, any part of the country you want to talk about a certain music scene. He knows about it firsthand. He was there. You know, he was he was yeah. he was there in Miami. Uh, when uh, the Wayne Cochran band was playing, you know, his father played in, in the Jackie Gleason band there in, in the, the heyday of Miami, you know, and then he's in su Southern California, uh, you know, for the for the whole punk scene. He's in uh, Northern California and played with the residents and Snakefinger and, uh, you know, uh, on and on and on. I'm just touching on the highlights of this. But anyway, without further ado, Mr. Dick Deluxe. Welcome, Dick. Well, thank you, fellas, and it's uh, uh, unusual conditions to be here, but, you know, we're uh, we're hanging in, and look at us on a three-way phone call, the, the epitome of hygiene and, and right. contemporary, uh, right? So let's, yeah, yeah. this is the virus of all time to figure out how to get on a three-way phone call. Right. Uh, I think we're all safe at home, and uh, I'm here at Dick Deluxe World Headquarters in the Bywater with, uh, I've got two uh, restless dogs, and uh, uh uh, and an uh, ill-behaved woman. Yeah, and so we're here. We're, and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm uh, was one of the last, one of the last ones to be sent home from Bourbon Street, and I also played six nights in a row, including two eight-hour shifts leading up to Mardi Gras night on Bourbon. So uh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, basically, I was in the petri dish, right? <laughs> well, that I was just about to say that, Dick. You you were probably in the petri dish of the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, and I did not see a lot of distancing until uh, no. uh, very recently. No, no, no. In fact, the last night that I saw Dick, um, in fact, I saw you too, Manny. If you think about that, that uh, Saturday night a week ago, we were all there at the Circle Bar, where, in fact, tonight, uh, we're, this was the night that we were supposed to have our 100th podcast party, 100... Right. 100th episode podcast party where we were going to be there at the circle bar with all of our uh, previous guests and we were going to have them cycling in and out sitting down at the table and and you know catching up with us so uh you know uh, again we, we we didn't understand how how those plans were going to have to be uh postponed or or uh you know um shifted around but so uh saturday night uh, a week ago we were all at the Circle Bar. It was the Geraniums Memorial gig for our, our drummer Damon Shea, who we who we just lost a, a month or so ago, a couple months ago. And uh, there we all were, you know, trying to, uh, you know, we weren't shaking hands, but we were still all in in a, a hot house environment. And it shows you how. Uh, so that night we were all there. Now the very next day there was supposed to be a small memorial at someone's house gathering and that uh -huh. morning uh, a, a text went out saying we're canceling this or postponing it until after this is all over so just overnight from everyone crowding into this bar to the next sunday morning people going oh no no this is not safe even being you know a small group in, in someone's house it's it's amazing how how the perception has changed from day to day you know you know, just this week, uh, once it became clear that, you know, it had turned out the lights and the party was over, and we start thinking, all right, what the hell are we going to do? And, uh, you know, that's when, of course, the whole, hey, let's get on Facebook Live and do something became the thing, right? Right. I mean, we're talking like this is history. This has all happened in less than a week, right? Yeah. So, uh, 
So I played, I think I played either Sunday or Monday, and then boom, that's it, you're done, right? Right. Okay, now what do we do? So I was talking to my friend uh, uh, Rob and uh, Andy Forrest and uh, uh, a few others, and we went, okay, uh, let's let's do a Facebook Live, right? And uh, Mm -hmm. um, and I said, hey, I got an idea, man. Rob, you got this great porch, we'll do a porch test, right? So we're here in the Bywater, and he's got this fabulous uh, porch that and I said, what we'll do is we'll call it six, six and a six at six, right? And we'll do a picture here with the wingspan, right? And we're all standing with our fingertips not touching, obviously over six feet apart, right? Right. Take a little picture, did the invitations. We, uh, not, not take, don't come to see us. Didn't tell us the address or nothing. We just said, Hey, we're going to be on Facebook by, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started the show. 6 p.m. and there's we symbolically placed two chairs out in front that we're going to sort of leave for the you know the the, the the dead soldiers so to speak right sure. so the next thing we know well there's four people from next door and they get on their porch and get out the line and, hey this is great let's stay all week then about four or five people across the street get on their stoop and then every neighborhood <laughs> just starts coming down the fucking street and they got the dog and they got and it's like you know New Orleans it's like Shit, it's a party. So about 35 minutes in, in the meantime, we're watching, you know, taking turns watching and the fucking, uh, you know, it's lighting up. We're getting 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. A guy from Australia sent us 50 bucks worth of Popeye's chicken by Uber Eats, right? Oh, wow. And then uh, <laughs> a guy comes by driving and drops 50 bucks in a tip jar we've got. So we're making money in the street. We're making money here. We're thinking, shit, this is the idea. Here come the cops, right? So sure enough, now the cop gets out of the cop car, and I hit in my set, and uh, Rob was playing. He walks up to me, gets about a, six inches from my nose, and starts yelling at me that we got to break the party. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly social distancing there, officer. Right. So anyway, we go back and forth a little bit, and uh, I said, look, we didn't invite these people, and look, they're all scattered all over hell, you know, this is a public gathering, if you don't do it, we're going, I'm calling the pay, <laughs> so we're going to haul you out of jail, and he got real angry and real heavy, so, yeah, and well, we and, just, and I, I was watching that on Facebook, because I was intrigued as to how that was going to go down, and, and I'd gotten an invitation, so I'm watching you guys do that, and I could see those people in front of their houses, but they were like, tw- 30 feet apart, you know, it's like a couple who were living together with standing next to each other, but then they were separated by 30 feet from the people in the next house. It wasn't like a, you know, a group of people standing and watching and yeah. And yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but that, but that was too much of a, uh, a public nuisance an attractive nuisance to the police. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was, just, yeah, he was the guy was probably right. You know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, just in three days, I mean, we're not much more aware of Jesus, you know, we, it, it really is, you know, bunker time. Well, go ahead, man. Um, but the thing is though, this, this is what upsets the cops the most is that they actually have to start fucking doing their job. They're told <laughs> to, you know, do certain things. And, you know, instead of just wandering around doing nothing, they have to start, start enforcing this stuff. So this is what pisses the cops off. Well, you know, but I mean, come on, you know, this is a nice word. And you got a bunch of sixty-year-old guys playing, you know, uh, satin doll. Come on now, is this really <laughs> civil disobedience? I, mean, you know, I think we're low-hanging fruit. Yeah, there's a there's a murder across the street on Jake Cloud there, but I'm going to say you're right. Tickets to these people who are playing folk songs on the porch, you know. But, but you know, point taken, and we, we and it just is a bummer because 
if we had a, if we if the cash flow had stayed the same, we would have done extremely well. And we did okay in, in the meantime. <laughs> so then uh, I decided, all right, I've got to really start making money. So I thought, I know, I'll do a vault garden poetry at midnight. So um, last night, <laughs> I set up a bunch of candles and got out and I read some um, uh, pre-Raphaelite uh, hmm. with proto-feminist poetry from Christina Rossetti, which okay. I know how popular that is. So I figured this has got to, this could be a big draw. You sure, know? sure. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, I lit the candles and got out the, and I got out the, the voodoo sauce and I was like, summoning the ghosts and stuff. And, you know, I read for half hour, 45 minutes, and, you know, 35, 40 people uh, were, you know, hey, great, and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, all I could think to myself is, the minute I make a nickel with anything to do with poetry, I'll probably be the moment I die. I'll probably, that'll be when I'll just suddenly jump out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway. Yeah, nobody's, so made a, nobody's made any money on poetry in, in about a uh, uh, hundred years, huh? <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, uh, so uh, so I decided. Well, I guess I'll, my new job is I'm putting people to sleep. So tonight I'm reading a uh, Daniel Hammett short story. I've got I'm gonna read a, a chapter on the art of fiction from John Gardner. I got the Devil's Dictionary, and I've got a stack of Bukowski and Neruda and uh, Allende poetry. And I'm gonna uh, be the stentorian voice of the night for the. The insomniac who can't take the news anymore is basically how I'm positioning my new business. I like it. I like it, man. I like the inventiveness, man. So, I like the. So, Dick, Dick, let me ask you a question. Hmm? Um, do you live uh, by yourself? Well, currently I'm bivouacking with my, my uh, uh, female friend. So it's she okay. and her right. for Doberman, or not Doberman, uh, Pitbull, and then me and my little 14 pound terrorist. And we're in our little 425 square foot. Did you say 14 pound terrorist? Uh, well, ter- terrier. It's a terror. Oh, okay. But, I thought you said terrorist. <laughs> well, uh, effectively, yes. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. if you were if so, you were one of my books that she's ripped the cover off, that's pretty much terrorist. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, how much? You know, I want to ask you also, Renee, as. How much hoarding have you done as a with this whole crisis about toilet paper and Kleenex and paper towels and all that? So, Dick, I'm going to put that out to you first. So, have you done well, much hoarding? I, I I personally know, and and this is why because I'm a um, I shop at the dollar store, right? And so, yeah. uh, uh, as it turns out, poor people are already poor. They don't they don't need a crisis yeah. to uh, you know. So there's been no rioting. There's been no, you know, there's been toilet paper on the shelf, and uh, nice. I mean they're missing some items, and it's obviously not the same. But there's no sense of desperation. Nobody's arguing. Nobody's doing anything like that. So in fact, I just did a post recently where I basically said, "Hey, if you're from Metairie and you want to see some civility, why don't you come down to the hood?" You know, and uh, yeah. you know. So anyway, yeah, I, you know, I as recently as two hours ago was over at Robert's and grabbed uh, some, some stuff for dinner and stuff. So, uh, I, you know, I've, I've got a little stuff in the freezer and I got some dry goods and stuff, but for the most part, um, yeah, I didn't run by a thousand rolls of toilet paper. I was satisfied with 800. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Similarly, Manny, I, I haven't been doing any hoarding, uh, either. And in, in fact, uh, you know, really, for me, going to the store is just keeping enough fresh produce on hand. You know, we have we have uh, you know enough paper products and everything. I don't, I don't, 
you know, it's uh, I don't need to corner the market on all this stuff. You know, I just need enough to to you know get by our, our normal life. Now, I, I will say, uh, you know, we have talked about on the podcast how uh, my wife and I have been empty nesters this uh, this year. You know, our daughter was at LSU, and our son was at, at uh, Tulane, but then actually was at in, in New Zealand in a semester abroad. And uh, he actually just, he, he wasn't sure what to do. And New Zealand's been very uh, lightly um, hit so far. And they, they had very few cases. And, uh, you know, they were having strict border controls. So I was telling him, go ahead and stay there. You know, it's everything's the same now. Again, from day to day, things have changed so much. And then you get these State Department uh, directives that are coming down, and and they're they're changing, and you know, they're becoming more alarmed every day. And at some point last week, they're saying, "Well, uh, either stay where you are or come home immediately." And right. so, so he actually just arrived back in the states and back at my house uh, yesterday. So as of today, we have uh, our our full nuclear family you know, back under one roof. And, ah. you know, it, it, it does require, you know, some more uh, provisions than, than for just my wife and myself. So, you know, right. but, but uh, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, we're trying to avoid that, that kind of famine mentality, you know? Yeah. Um, you talk about things you would have never expected in your life. <laughs> you know, and I don't mean to make light of this, but you go into the store at Dollar uh, general and on the door it says we are an essential business and uh i mean yeah. they just closed the women's clinic down for christ's sakes and oh, so now uh yeah uh, the uh so we've got dollar general is, and it is essential i mean it's not mm-hmm. it's so in a way kind of our neighborhood heroes now are you know the, the guy behind the counter at wagner's and the people over at the dollar store and over sure. at east and stuff and uh so they're the, in, a, in a way you know they don't have they, they probably have as many infected people as they got at the hospital coming through there, and they don't have a mask on. They, I mean, they, they got a little squirt bottle that they're rubbing down a little bit, but I mean, let's face it, considering the basic clientele in the neighborhood and blah, 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 they really are taking a risk, you know? So it's, uh, uh, it's yeah, just I, an ironic and weird time, you know, that, uh, uh, and, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, we'll, that we'll be surviving this and I don't think it will ever look back on it and seem like funny, but it'll be another one of those, you know, at this point it's been made a thousand times, at least with Katrina, you can say, okay, I just can't take it anymore. I'm going to Minnesota. Right. right. And, you know, there was no Katrina in Minnesota. Well, you can't go to Minnesota because it's everywhere you go. In fact, yes. you know, unless you go to the, the Antarctic or the, you know, somewhere. Right. Uh, and it's so know, cold. There. Literally, it's so cold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's just literally nowhere to go. So it, that, that's, uh, you know, when uh, sort of reminds me of the song "I Want to Be Sedated," right? You know, uh, <laughs> nothing to do, and there's nowhere to go. You know, <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and why, the reason the reason why I brought it up because uh, you know I work at the, the big university here, and the very last days that it was open, uh, there was a lot of frantic uh, students and faculty, and uh, I had this one student. Uh, come into my department for some reason. I don't know why, but he was holding um, 
because uh, down the lower floor of the store that I work at, they sell sundries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he was holding this big pack of laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. And he came up to me desperately and he said, and he looked very frazzled, like, you know, he hadn't slept in a couple of days and, you know, he was probably dealing with, you know, travel and uh, situations that were going about to happen. But he had this big bag of, you know, they sell the laundry detergent in pods. It's all pods now. Right. And he came up to me and he said, excuse me. And I said, yes. He goes, do you sell underwear? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I said, I sell textbooks, kid. I don't sell underwear, you know? Um, And also, you know, I, I, I fell for the kid because just a few, you know, a week later, you know, he found his way home, I'm sure, and stuff. Okay. He probably found some underwear. Okay. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was at the market um, and I saw the, 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 the insanity going on with people trying to get as many rolls of toilet paper and all that kind of stuff. And for some reason, I got caught up into it. Oh, okay. And... And, 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 uh, so I was buying two of everything and you know, I usually buy one loaf of bread. I bought two loaves of bread, Okay. you know, I buy this, but for some reason I, I, I freaked out and I ended up buying adult underwear okay. for some reason. <laughs> hey, resale. Yeah. Well, I just figured I'm gonna, I'm, you know, it might come in use for something. They don't go bad. I know, you know, they, they, there's no shelf life. I mean, they, they have a very long shelf life for, of those things is what I'm saying. Right. So, but, but you, you mentioned the bread. Now that's one thing I have noticed at, at, at my local store that I shop at, they have tons of produce, no shortage of, of anything. You know, what's an odd thing. The only thing that people were standing in line for at my grocery was crawfish. There was, must've been like, (laughs) like a line 40 people long. It was hard to move through the store because, because you had to, you know, they were, they were interrupting the flow of this 40 fucking people standing in line for craw for boiled crawfish. You know, you could walk right up to the fish counter and get, you know, get the guy. He actually filleted a piece of fish for me. <laughs> I was like, really, you got time for that? It's like, shit. Yeah. I'm not doing anything else. Like somebody else was selling the crawfish, but that's what new Orleanians were, were, were desperate over, you know, is the crawfish. But then the only other thing that I, that I saw was, uh, the bread, all the bread was sold out. I was like, well, shit, bread goes bad after a few days. I mean, I guess you could freeze it, but, you know, it's like, what's the well, what's the thing with people freaking out over the bread? Go ahead. Well, one thing that, um, that, that, that the little phenomenon, and I got a front row seat because they're my neighbors and stuff, but the uh, Bywater Bakery tried to stay open and just do to go. But, you know, you're trying to, you know, it just, it turned out to be more of a pain in the ass that it was worth doing and not enough people were coming by. And they they said, okay, this just makes no sense. And yet they're trying to think, how do we not lay these people off? Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, fortunately, Rashida, one of the owners, had worked with Rouse's for many years. And she sent something and then her feet or something said Rouse's were running out of bread. So she called up and said, hey, what if we turn into, you know, a full-time bread making operation? And indeed, that's what's going on. So Bywater Bakery's now filling uh so i thought that was a real creative and a, a smart uh oh, that, uh no that's great that's better bread than they had before you know <laughs> no question about that but you know just the idea that, that, that entrepreneurs are thinking like that and you know if you want to look on the bright side there's that's 
would be an example. I mean, you know, of course, people being, you know, charitable. I've got the sisters of the poor, whatever. I think they tend to change their name or something, but the angels or something. I don't know. What the right, right, is. right. But they're down the street from me, and they're passing out food uh, two days a week there. And then there's another one where they're passing out uh, foods. You know, so I mean, people are rallying. They're doing what they can. They're they're expressing some concern now. The bigger concern that I've got is that, you know, everybody that's, you know, a legitimate, you know, I file my taxes, uh, work or not, I'm going to get a grand or two grand or whatever it's going to be. And the very people who probably unlikely to get one of those are the people in the service industry who are now, you know, a lot of people who don't really file tag. I mean, you know, it's tip economy, the gig economy. I'm one of them, right? Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah. Yeah. and, And, uh. So, you know, give me accounting of your last five years so I can, you know, give you, well, I couldn't, I can't. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, I couldn't could give you an accounting at the end of the week, but it's less than. Right, right. Well, it doesn't show up in the bank account. You know, it's like if, if you saw all of my, my receipts that came in and what I paid out, I could, you know, you would see it's there, but it doesn't show up in the bank account because it is largely cash. And, uh, right. you know, it's, it's. Like now, it works fine if if you're driving for Uber, where you know you have a contract, you're as an independent contractor to provide service to you know a, a, a company, and you get paid by check, and you can see that that's coming in. But but you know musicians don't work like that, bartenders don't work like that. You know it's it's uh it's it's a very small percentage of the gig economy that actually like. Like the people that actually have gigs, like in the traditional sense, don't it doesn't show up in the bank account. Right. You know, um, one thing I think that uh, I found interesting, and then just to uh, bash some stereotypes, but you know, I, I obviously work a lot on furniture and stuff. But I've recently, for the last year or so, I've been playing on bourbon at the honky tonk thing with Ron, and we got the really killer band, Pedal Steel, whole nine yards, oh, right? Nice. And you're getting paid, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, dig this. I got a letter three days ago from them. And it's an official on the, you know, thing. And it says, I've been an employee. I'm losing this many hours. And the, during the time period that we're not supposed to be open, he would have, uh, you know, he would need, he would have made $600. But oh. So that when they come up with the, okay, if you can prove that you're really a musician, uh, you can apply for money. I, that letter is going to be gold. It'll be, there won't be, won't be a single question about that. Okay. They'll open the door to me then being able to say, and of course I do this other stuff too, and I'll have credibility. So I right. thought that was really decent that the, oh, absolutely. the Tropical Isle family did that. Yeah, no, and, no, that's, uh, that's terrific, man. No, I mean, I guess, I guess that's what we got to do is start, you know, generating paperwork for all this stuff. Right, right. Well, you know, looking at the, at, at my drink, Manny, I'm not sure where yours is, but, uh, but, but, Typically, this is where we would take a little break and make another cocktail. So, should we go do that? Yeah, very good. That right now. Okay, so Dick, you, you down for that? Absolutely. Gonna call me back in just a couple minutes. Um, why don't we just keep the lines open and we'll we'll go make a. Oh, careful, you keep the line open. Yeah. So, okay. uh, nation, I'll be back in a second. nation, go make yourself right. another cocktail. And we'll be right back. And we're back. Aha. Back with Mister Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman, back with our guest, Mr. Dick Deluxe, all in our uh, respective safe houses. So, uh, uh, Dick, you said you, you, you had a, uh, uh, a little anecdote to, to share. Go ahead. Well, um, I'm a uh, volunteer DJ at the station, WHIV-FM, and it's um, owned and uh, set up by Dr. Mark Elaine Derry, and he's uh, an immunologist who's an AIDS uh, specialist. Right, right. And on Mondays, an angel, he's, angel of mercy. Oh, absolutely. So he's got a show called 
um, health is a human right on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. And when he can't make it, he usually has me going for him and so forth like that. But the other Makes night sense. he called, he said, uh, can you go down and, you know, the show's from five to seven. I'm just up to my ass and alligators with these patients. It was Monday with the day it exploded. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we could go today. So, oh yeah, sure. Mark, I'll go down there. And, uh, so I get down there and, uh, Sure enough, he's not there and stuff, and he's sending me texts that he was going, Jesus, I don't think I'm going to make it, you know. It just, I'm just buried, you know. But anyway, so I, you know, prepared. So I'm, uh, you know, reading statistics, and I'm, and I, I, in the plan was they were going to have this live kind of forum at seven o'clock. So I thought, okay, rather than just repeat the same statistics and get anywhere else, I'll do some background. So I did some stuff on the 1918 thing, and I talked about, plagues throughout history, blah, 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 right? Okay. So <laughs> about, and of course, I don't know if you kill the an hour on radio where you got no guests and you got no music and you're just throwing shit in where you got no preparation. So I bet, you know, I'd tab a few things and I'm basically reading from, you know, science sites and trying to, you know, think on my feet and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So about quarter till, I'm, uh, I've been talking nonstop, don't have any water all of a sudden. I start barking like a seal. I have to turn myself off and put the goddamn, uh, uh, you know, the, the interstitial music on while I get my shit together, man. Like, right, well, well, you're going completely thing. viral on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So in the meantime, I come back out. I apologize. I said, well, I just, I choked on a chip, you know, and so like, just people box up these things. I'm talking about the symptoms, and all of a sudden they start coughing with this right. crazy cough. And well, anyway, unbeknownst to me, Mark had an earphone and he was trying to listen to him. Well, he hears you start coughing, so he texts another guy, "Go check on me, and he can just, you know, oh, yeah. so, might need to do the Heimlich on you." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> These guys come rushing in this station about five after six. Are you okay? Are you okay? Mm. Yeah, it's just cocked. And so it just, uh, uh, just, just a chip, to just a, just an errant chip caught in the throat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, of, and you know, I don't know about you guys, but I spent about the last week of January and almost all of February with a, a dry cough. It never turned into fever. It never turned into anything, but I'd wake up every morning. I'd be hacking. I'm like, God, what is this? I, and I thought, well, allergies or whatever, but it never turned into anything. Mm-hmm. And then it just about the time they started warning of, of stuff, everything, you know, symptoms went away and I've been feeling fine ever since. So, um, but, and so I'm real curious if eventually there'll be some sort of test. Cause it would seem logical to me that you would, if you could tell whether or not somebody had had it been right like an antibody out, test or something yeah 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 right right because you know i mean the way you get rid of flu is they give you flu and it, in theory that's what if they come up with a virus they're going to give you the coronavirus to get rid to make you immune to the coronavirus right mm-hmm. you mean, vaccine. How that, yeah yeah that, yeah that's how these things work and uh, but it would well, be interesting but, to know if i'd had it even if when right. this was all over yeah i think you'd like to know whether or not you had it right sure go ahead man and, and uh well, I, I, I heard also that they're thinking that now that this is out there, that this will be uh, something like the flu that everyone gets, you know, or people get every year. It's just going to be a common thing that you're going to get COVID-19 in the next year. It's like you just get the flu and right. there'll be a shot for it. Okay. Right. There'll be a shot for it now in the future. But the, the weirdest thing was 
is, you know, about a week or so ago, it's all about washing your hands. Make sure you wash your hands. Wash right. your hands. And, 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 and how long you have to wash them is sing happy birthday twice is a good time, you know, is a good, uh, you know, Length way time. to wash hey, your hands uh-huh. you know, under hot water and soap. But, you know, where I work, everything is so green and they don't want to waste this. They don't want to waste this. So all the faucets in, in the men's rooms are in the bathroom. They shut off after 30 kind of seconds. Faucets. Well, no, they shut off. Yeah, they shut off after six seconds. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's just. So I'm trying to sing happy birthday and wash my hands and I get up to happy birthday to you and it, it turns off. Yeah. You have to touch it again. It <laughs> you have to start all over. Well, you know, I've been discovering yeah. that if you uh, sing the hook to Eva Destruction, that's about 20 seconds too. Okay. All right. but, 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 but that's not going to help the, uh, the, the length of the faucet. The faucet's still going to shut off after six seconds. It's, you're not going to get any farther well, through yeah. the song. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course they have, and of course they have the you know to where to dry your hands. They have paper towels, or they have the air dryer. Right. So which one touch. is better? Well, <laughs> I think the paper towels are better because uh, you can also kind of you know the way the way hand washing actually works. It's like. For people have these this antiseptic soap. They think they need to kill the germs. Well, really, soap just washes the germs away. It loosens the 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 oil that the germs are held in, and then so it, they go down the sink. They're off your hands. But and then uh, this is my thinking. I don't know. But so having a, a clean piece of paper that you can finish wiping that off and then throw it away seems to be the best thing. But you, you go ahead. But don't you think the hot air blower dryer burns it off, you know, probably. just you know, with the heat? It's pro- you're probably <laughs> you know? right there, well, yeah. But I've, I've been doing both, though. Okay. Basically what I do is, is I dry my hands with the, with the air dryer, and then after they're all dry and stuff with the heat and stuff, I'll take a paper towel and I'll use it to open the bathroom door to get out. Well, no, that's solid. That's solid thinking, Manny. That's that's uh, yeah. That's that's pretty, that's pretty paranoid too. I think too. <laughs> well, here's the here's the thing, man. You, you know, you you you, and and I'm sure that that ultimately, uh, the way you know this will work is that we will have to develop uh, herd immunity to this as a, as a species, you know, that, that right. that's, that's, it's, it will take time and there will, we will lose a lot of people and it's going to be fucking tragic, man. Um, but go ahead. Yeah. You know, my first thought was when it first started coming, it was going to be a thing. I thought, uh Oh, I'm thinking here we are living in arguably, well, Mississippi's trying out to us with their governor praying instead of right, praying, right, but sure. um, uh, that, that, that was kind of nice. But arguably the most corrupt and incompetent uh, state and federal officials, uh, Louisiana, yeah, uh, history of it, right? federally, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, when it comes to, you know, day-to-day filth, New Orleans is hard to beat, right? It's true. So, it's true, yeah. and We're, we're, we're uh, swimming and, in it, yeah. We're soaking in it, as Madge would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're sort of in this, you know, in the best of times, Sort of a sketchy, you know. Your our immune system should be, you Top know. Notch. The good news is our immune system should be like super bad. Tip the bad top, news yeah. is we're in the petri dish for inventing new mutate. If it's going to mutate, it'll probably mutate over on Dauphine Street or something. You yes. know, so it's, uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's point well taken, <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, the funny thing is, I wanted to bring this up a couple of shows ago. Mm-hmm. Um, about three weeks ago, before all this happened, it was like 
right after Mardi Gras, there was a uh, an exhibit in the French Quarter where they had this three-story high poop emoji, oh, which was displayed in the in the, the French Quarter. I guess there's an emoji for uh, poop. You know? Oh, right. right. <laughs> Do you remember this? Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, the thing was though is that. Um, no one even noticed it because of all the other shit in the French Quarter. <laughs> <laughs> it went. It, it was unremarkable, but because well, of just, type, yeah, typecasting, yeah. you know. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, one thing, and this may be showing my age, but I don't know if you guys remember back in back in the dark ages. I can recall when we would have chicken pox and or measles scares at school, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. occasionally we would get sent home, which I love, uh, <laughs> because, you know, there'd been a measles outbreak and we got to spend the week at home, right? Mm-hmm. Homeschooling. Well, that word didn't even exist in 1964. So fuck sure. homeschooling. You went home and you watched, you know, Mr. Rogers all day or whatever right. the hell you did. You yeah. went outside the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so I was kind of used to that. Now that's not all of society collapsing, but that, you know, when you're a little kid, all society is, is your elementary school, right? So then we moved to uh, North Carolina when I was about seventh or eighth grade. And there we had a kid that was in eighth grade. I didn't personally know him, one in my class, died of spinal meningitis. Mm, and they shut the school down for three weeks. Yeah. And uh, we were literally quarantined in our homes for, in theory, you know, all those three weeks. Eventually we started leaking out in the woods and going through the squirrels and shit. But, right. um, but man, the fear of that, because this kid was in school one afternoon had a fever of 102 that evening was dead before the morning it's and, crazy and, man um, yes yeah yes yeah, yeah absolutely and this was during the war on poverty in appalachia and so the folks in Glen alpine north carolina in 1966 were not the most enlightened folks on the planet right and uh anyway that was that's the closest thing that in my experience you know, i didn't think i you know, and the volcano and, and when Helens went off, I was in Washington State and we got pelted with that. I mean, a bunch of hurricanes and stuff, uh, earthquake in San Francisco and stuff. But this is, this is different, you know, it's, it's, it, and it's a, uh, because there's, you, you know, you can't really prepare, you kind of can prepare, but you can't, but you can't right. go anywhere, you know, so. But you can't see it. You can't see it or feel it either because right. you can feel an earthquake. You can feel mudslides. And hurricanes, mm-hmm. but something like that. As a kid, I'm sure as a kid, you 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 couldn't understand it because you really can't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, but, it moves so fast, man. You know, like I remember, even like a, a Robert Plant's son had had some kind of opportunistic uh, virus that that uh, or or you know some kind of pathogen that that took him over, and and he was dead within a day or so. So the, the, right. this, these things do exist out there, but usually they're not, uh, you know, uh, circulating among the general population in the way this is. I mean, we haven't seen this in a hundred years, and we we've never seen something like this in, in our our collective memory because now we have you know such uh, accelerated movement and and you know transmission of 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 the population and 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 it's a very virulent uh, strain we have here, you know, which we have no yeah. no herd immunity to. Well, one thing well, I discovered uh, quickly is that it's it's too soon for uh, most humor. Uh, the other day, one of my uh, friends was going on and on about looking for the positives, right? And so we're 
this is a chance for families to bond. This is a, I said, well, Hey, you know, school shootings are down. So, okay. Know, and, well, uh, again, <laughs> good, good point, Dick, you know, again, you know, there always is a silver lining. It's just how hard do you have to look for it? You know? Right, exactly. So, yeah, you know, I said, well, the CO2 emissions are down. Yeah, that yeah, that is that all that too. also, yeah, yeah. Manny, you had you had a point there. <laughs> no, um, no, I was just gonna say, oh, uh, fuck, what was I gonna say? I forgot. Go ahead. Okay, I'll come back. Sure, sure, sure. Well, you know, one thing I've I've I, I saw is that uh, some of these industries that that were producing, um, you know, certain uh, goods are are being repurposed. You know, like one right. of them I saw, there's a bow tie company in New Orleans that's now producing uh, surgical masks. So, right. So that's great. But then I saw another thing. It's like a local distillery. So they're, they're uh, you know, they have been making vodka and I don't know, maybe they, they were going to be making gin. I'm not sure. But but uh, now they're making hand sanitizer. I'm saying, well, you right. know, there's, there's, you know, no good deed will go unpunished. So are, are we going to at some point have a boo shortage? Cause uh, I don't know if I could face that man. I don't trust any booze company to make hand sanitizer. <laughs> Cause you know, well, mine, <laughs> if all the 91% alcohol, it doesn't matter what the other 9% is probably, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did want to. I, I remember what I wanted to talk okay, about. Go on. You know, our our uh, our fearless leader, uh, our president. Yes. You know, he's got this team now, and he's got this doctor who's who's in control of everything. His name Fauci. is uh, Fauci. Yeah, yeah, Fauci. Or Fauci. Or Fauci. Like yeah, yeah. Well, he, he yeah he came out today, which my wife's father used to say, "May he rest in peace." And he was a lung doctor. Right. He was a lung doctor. He said, these kind of stuff, the best way to kill it is alcohol. Okay. Well, I know that's, that's something your, your father-in-law subscribed to religiously. So. Yeah. But, this, but Trump's guy said the same thing today. Okay, okay. He said the same thing today. He goes, if you like a, a cocktail or two, do it. And if you feel healthy enough, do it. Really? Because this will curb. The virus is, uh, you know, really, uh, it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna shorten the, the life of it within you, really. Well, you know, listen, it it, it kills, it, you it's know, it, for it us, kills Manny, all you know? my alcohol has killed all my demons <laughs> over the years. <laughs> <laughs> it killed, you know, all all the all the sadness in my life. <laughs> alcohol works. You heard it here first, right? 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 Sure, sure. You know the flora and the fauna that are that are uh, a danger to Manny Chevrolet. Alcohol has been able to to fend them off. Is that is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, definitely. (laughs) And and if if our president's right hand man says this well you know i i i guess i have to agree uh, you know uh, you can't you can't argue with uh with science you know well yeah because you know me they, i'm all about science yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh there, then there's the guy that uh i forget yesterday or do whatever day i mean i'm losing track of what the hell day it is and uh but trump said well they ought to try this you know it's like buggy super say you know and, it, and basically the guy Fuji gets on he goes well there's no evidence that that stuff works with right side, you know and, and he goes well i mean this other hunter got right he's always kind of hunched up well anyway of course they turned up a stiff today who instead of taking the doctor's advice for his covid 
got whatever this uh, medication that Trump recommended and killed him instantly. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, please don't take that guy's well, advice for anything. Go ahead, Manny. Well, Dick uh, and Renee, mm-hmm. you know, yesterday I was home and they had breaking news and our president was talking about this and this and this. And I realized, you know, after I watched the whole thing, he, um, you know, they give him a script. They say, say this, right? say this. And I'm sitting there eating, I, I think I was making lunch or whatever. And I'm listening and going, you know what? You're, you're, what you're saying is, is right. You're right to say this. You're right. To, and as soon as he goes off script, that's when the disaster happens. Yeah. He, he needs, he just needs to stay the script. Because he's got, I, I'm sure he's got smart people around him. Sure. Well, see, uh, uh, Renee and I can really, uh, uh, re- 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 I'll make a, uh, an analogy Renee can, can, you know, get you. So you, you're in the band and somebody says, hey, here's Fred, you know, Fred's great. Why don't you have him sit in? So you think, well, you know, hey, you know, we're at the circle bar. Who gives a shit? Okay, Fred, come on, sit in, all right? Okay, so we start and Fred's, you know, playing along. We play the song and you know, it's okay. And then it's time for a solo. So, so far, the scripted part, he did okay. Then all of a sudden you realize, the guy doesn't know the changes. And so, uh, and, and, and then you kind of just sit there with a smile and you're looking at your other colleagues, you know, oh, Jesus, you know, will this guy stop playing so he can get back to his sanity, right? And that's kind of what I feel like with him. He just doesn't know how to play the changes, you know, because once he starts improvising, he, he's a bad sight reader too. So he bites yeah. the head when he read it and then he blew the changes when it was a solo to, to yeah, put it yeah. into it. No, a jazz no, no, no. If he, if he well, was, that, a, if, well, go ahead, Manny. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, if he was a side man, he would never get hired. Clearly. You know, oh, like, that, yeah, like there's yeah. certain guys that, that they can't play in somebody else's band because nobody would hire him. So they have to start a band of their own, you know, and, and like, you know, it's a shitty band, but it's, it's a band nonetheless and they can promote it. And that's, that's kind of what he is. Like, you know, he, he no one would right. ever hire him. And right. except the, the, somehow the American people hired him. I don't know. Or, or you know, uh, 48% of the American people hired him and the rest of us have to suffer. So, well, he bought, he owns the PA and the truck. Right, you know? right, 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 right. And his, dad, <laughs> and his dad's got a credit card in case you have run out of money and sure, on the tour, sure, right? Sure, 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 sure. So, <laughs> in case you ever wondered why he has a band, right? Uh, but we so, try yeah. to stay out of politics here in the Troubleman Podcast. Cause <laughs> yeah, that's true. We need to. We, let's go back to famine. And, uh, or not famine. But, uh, well, you know, I, I, I wanted to, to touch on something else, and we can circle back to, to all this, but. But in total uh, uh, non-coronavirus uh, news, we lost Kenny Rogers, unrelated to to uh, coronavirus. Um, I don't know if anybody was a Kenny Rogers fan out there. I was, you know, I, 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 I not that I like own any of his records, but you know, I, I, I like that Kenny Rogers was a, a lifelong musician. He had a lot of uh, career high points, you know. He had an association with Dolly Parton, who I love. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my father was was a band leader, and and he would. I have these weird memories of him doing these songs that were totally, you know, like there was a lot of songs from from the the seventies that were kind of sexually suggestive. And I think about my father <laughs> singing those songs. <laughs> and, and, you know, some of them were like Kenny Rogers, you know, like uh. uh she believes in me, you know, and it's, or, or, you know, uh, 
so, so I have a, a soft spot, a soft spot in my heart for Kenny Rogers. Well, you know, I uh, became a friend towards the end of his life of Mickey Newberry, and Mickey was the songwriter who wrote "Condition." You know, oh, okay, of course up. you did, Dick. What the? How, <laughs> I can't mention anything in the music business that you don't have firsthand knowledge of. Go ahead. Well, anyway, I got a funny story about that song. So I was talking to him, and I, uh, and you, you know, he he wrote a lot of songs and stuff like that, but he never oh, really. Yeah. He was the actually only real outlaw. The outlaws. I mean, he didn't fit in. Everybody else did. He, even mm-hmm. Willie and them. I mean, they had their own clique in Austin, but even he didn't fit in there. So eventually, he goes off to Oregon and stuff, and he finished his life and his career up there. And so, in the nineties, I wound up going to Oregon, and I wound up at the Mickey Newberry Songwriting School, right, oh, and wow. all this kind of stuff. So anyway, and he did San Francisco. I, mean, I just love Mickey. You love my hero and stuff. And so I said, you know, wow, what was? How did you? How did you get Kenny Rogers to do Condition? That's such a weird song. And he was in such a straight band at the time. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, it was a bet. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean it was a bet? He goes, no, we were hanging out. And I said, I bet you anything you can't get your record company to buy this song. And Kenny was, oh hell yeah, they will. So he cut it against the wishes of his producer Billy Sherrill, who just did it. And when it became a hit, it was the biggest shock imaginable to those guys. They could, and neither could Mickey because he was living in his car or something at the time. <laughs> and so, so anyway, but yeah, he said it was, it, it was kind of similar to that story where, uh, when Johnny Cash did Sunday morning coming down on his TV show in Christopherson, I guess it was like a gender or something at the time. Uh-huh. And he was bugging Johnny Cash for songs and he gave Johnny Cash Sunday morning coming down and Johnny Cash said, Hey son, this is a great song. I'm going to record it, you know, and all this kind of stuff. He was like, I don't play it on my TV show. Right. So, uh, and, and it makes reference to being stone. Right. And, uh, so anyway, um, so when they were talking, uh, he go, Johnny Cash said something to the effect of, and they made me do a different line than stone and stuff. And, and Chris was like, you know, I, I just said, yeah. And I thought, God, man, if he, if he, if he changes my song on national TV, well, well, what the hell? I just gotta, you know, it's gonna, uh, you know, I'm just so happy he's doing this song. I'm not gonna say shit, right? Mm-hmm. So he's sitting at home watching it and sure enough, Johnny Cash sings, I'm, I'm stoned and all this kind of shit. The Jack, Wish the Lord was out, that I was stoned. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the censors had said, you can't say that. And Johnny Cash just decided, fuck you guys. And right. he did it. And they were so stupid they didn't notice it because it wasn't a live show. They could they could have cut it out, but they didn't because that's just how stupid censors were in those okay. days. And why the Smothers Brothers got away with so much stuff. But there's a famous thing in Chris's book where he said he just broke out crying when that, that happened. And sure enough, it created a sensation. There was a bunch of stuff in the press about it, about did you say stoned in Nashville and all this uh-huh. kind of Johnny Cash and all this kind of stuff. And that, that notoriety really helped Chris sell songs after that. And uh, so... You know, it's, uh, but yeah, Kenny, I, I, I love Kenny Rogers, man. I, 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 you know, anybody that's really great like that, there's something going on, you know, like I'm not, say, a, a Neil Diamond fan, but I went to see him one time because I got a free kid or something. Oh, man. Admit, man. Man. That's great. Man, Neil Diamond. So, so, you know, the whole Elvis comeback phase with the jumpsuits, that's based on, uh, uh, Neil Diamond's Vegas show that, that, uh, that Elvis saw. He's like, Oh, I could do a thing like this. <laughs> on August 9th. Yeah. 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 But so, so, yeah. well, so, you know, I, I saw Neil Diamond, I saw Neil Diamond in the late eighties and I think it was his, um, coming to America tour or something right, like that. Right. Or, mm-hmm, yeah. And, 
I knew about Neil Diamond. I liked some of his, you know, I liked his hits. I knew his hits. Mm-hmm. And I went there with some friends. We got free tickets to see Neil Diamond at the Fabulous Forum in Inglewood, California. Oh, okay. And I did not realize his following. Uh, he had this uh-huh. strange following. There was so many women at his show wearing pajamas and slippers. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know anything about this. I don't know anything about it now. <laughs> yeah, it was the weirdest thing. Me and my me and my friends, there was four of us. We this were isn't going, a bit. This is real life, this? right? No, this, this is real life. Okay. This was 1988, the Coming to America tour. You remember that big song? Sure, had? yeah, yeah. Like, we're coming to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and they wear pajamas. I think Reagan. I think Reagan even used that song or something yes. like that. Yeah, one yeah, of his yeah, campaigns. Yeah. But no, we were at the Fabulous Forum in Inglewood, and um, there was no opening act. If I could remember, there was no opening act. Hmm. And I'm dressed in my, you know, I'm dressed in my suit, and my friends are dressed the way they dress. Right. But we saw hundreds of women dressed in pajamas and slippers. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite Did an image, understand man. It. <laughs> to this day, I don't understand it. I know. <laughs> but they, well, yeah, look, they yeah. were, I guess. Nation, look it up. There's got to be. This... I guess they called them diamond heads or something. Diamond heads. Wow. Wow. <laughs> See, yeah. you know, you never know what you're going to learn on the Troubled Man podcast. Uh, like, I know a lot of shit, a lot of esoterica, but this is a new one for me. So let's let's all go <laughs> dig at, into this because uh, I think this is might be a rich the vein. The show was fabulous. The yeah. show was fabulous. So many hits. It was a fabulous show. Yes. Yeah. He 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 was he was fantastic. And, I remember um, as a kid, I love Solitary Man. I still like that song. I think that's a great song, you he's know. But. Solid brill building songwriter, you know. He was there with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Carol King, uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, uh, the Jerry Coffins. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Tina Musante. He's there with Tina Musante, yeah. But, you know, that said, if, if someone who's uh, toiled in uh, many, many Irish bars over the last 45 years or so, um, what <laughs> a couple of we, them we've all I toiled that, you know? in Irish bars, man. Uh, 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 <laughs> Dick, okay. I, I always tried to, particularly in, in Sunset Beach on Sunday nights, all the Catholic priests would come in, right? Okay, <laughs> you know, sure. a drunk Catholic priest, right? And so they wanted, and I, I had, I had made an art form, even though I was in charge of the jam of escaping during Sweet Caroline and just heading down to the beach. And sure, to it's overplayed. Like, oh, yeah, it's overplayed. Yeah, so it would be like a Sweet Caroline time and it'd kick it off and I'd immediately pretend I was going to the bathroom and just blast my way out. to the beach yeah, out yeah, of yeah, earshot yeah. as best I could. Because <laughs> it was like, I, I didn't mind too much of the other stuff, but God damn, I just could not hear that song. It's overplayed. Time, but, I got to say, I uh, do love that beat. It's it's like that quarter note beat that, you know, the Beach Boys, you know, like uh, Brian Wilson, uh, you know, employed many times it's it's a cool it's a cool feel you know that that has yeah. but, but the song is is way overplayed for sure yeah and it you know anytime it becomes one of those anthems yeah i remember um you guys remember the snoopy and the red baron theme song right sure Back oh yeah in the 60s yeah yeah well there was there used to be a, a, a chain of strip clubs called the red baron right and so, you know, and it was, you know, the bikini club era of the, you know, 70s and stuff. I think I was in Austin or something. So we're at the Red Bed. And about every 20 minutes or every half hour or whatever, 
you know, they would play it and all the girls would jump up on the table and, and do about a minute of, of that song. And then, you know, <laughs> it was sort of like Pavlov's puppies, you know, we knew it was coming. <laughs> so anytime something becomes that much of a, and I, I, I you know, in the, in the Jimmy Buffett world. At, at oh the, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Don't even get me. Started and I remember I played right a gig at the tropical isle, with this little solo one, the mini one, the baby one or little or whatever they call mm-hmm. it. And so, like, you get up on stage and stuff, and there's a sign like, "Remember, one Jimmy Buffett song per set, please." <laughs> oh Solid advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know one song, and I'm playing it. Is my song. Yeah, I know the the, the thing about the mustache, you know, pencil thing, mustache. It's a cool song. I love that thing. But uh, and of course, nobody knows that's Jimmy Buffett. Right, they, they right, right, hear, right. You know, right. you know the, the hits and stuff like yes, that. Which, yes. Uh, and uh, one time I got called out of the crowd by this singer and this is years ago I was in Ohio and stuff and she pulls me up on stage and she hands me her and goes let's do Margaritaville and I had to be the only person in the crowd that didn't know the fucking song right yeah <laughs> so she does a verse and then looks over at me and I'm literally reading the lips to make up the words for the next oh, thing. <laughs> trying to try trying to read the the crowd's lips to to right. s- sing into the microphone <laughs> So he goes, well, you got to phrase that like Willie beating your way behind the beat. Right, 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 right. Just catch up. Yeah, yeah. read their lips and then catch up. Yeah, cram it in the end of the phrase. Uh, oh, well, let well. me tell you a couple other things that I'm doing here. Uh, that okay, are, yeah, you get some little, plugs out here. All right. Well, uh, what, well, actually what I'm doing is one of the problems that Facebook Live has, uh, and I was an old tech and blah, 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 is that it's limited to what you call 720p, which is, uh, by contemporary standards, a pretty poor signal in both audio and video. It's cool. It's on your phone. It's great and all that stuff, but it's, it's really not a, a high-quality experience and stuff. So, And then they have stuff like the Google uh, you know, uh, Hangout, where you can have multiple people. But once again, you have terrible latency and so forth. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to get under the hood on this and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's is it turns out there's some really great and free solutions. So one of the ones there's a there's a uh, free piece of software called Online Broadcast System, and it's a uh, basically a TV studio in a box that's free. Wow! And I dig this. In 1998 or so, I I went to a demonstration at Convex, and I mean they had like four 586s Piniums, which at the time was the standard, set up in a row to run this piece of software, which was selling for about thirty grand, and it was basically TV studio director's tools in a box, right? Mm-hmm. And you could set up an extent, uh, and, uh, you know, like a mixing board to it, all that shit, right? The other day, it took me 20 seconds to download this app. I hit one wow. button, and it comes up, and it's basically a full TV studio. Wow. So as it turns out, this is what you can do. If you take a, a camera that's worth a shit, and I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not talking about anything much better than a GoPro, but something better than the phone, I mean, the high-end iPhones are fine, but most phones are not the greatest uh, camera, for, particularly for long streams of video, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can substitute the GoPro and then also use a high-end microphone, put it through the um, the TV thing, if you will, then you can not only stream both Facebook and YouTube simultaneously in three or four other places, but you should do it in HD. And you can have HD audio that's mixable. And then you can also 
This is for porn, you mean, right? What's that? I said, this is for porn you're talking about, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that one costs a little bit. The free one, you know, does music, but the porn one. Oh, okay. All right. That's all you like. I I got sidetracked. Go on, go on, go on. But anyway, what you can do is, so for example, let's say that you guys wanted to do a uh, a session with uh, Will Sexton live on Facebook. So okay. you're in your house, Rod's in his house. Again, you're talking about his... porn, right? No. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You guys are going to do a scene together. You just have to imagine sure. that the virtual yeah, no, Nina I, I, Hartley I, 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 will be I, in the room. I can see the whole thing. Anyway, go on. So I guess we know where Renee's quarantine's going. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of you, Manny. I'm thinking, well, Dick is losing both of us here. But, but continue, Dick. <laughs> but anyway, basically what you can do is um, – it's possible, and we're not spending any money or very little to really upgrade the ability not only to do these, but pretty soon everybody's going to get tired of seeing me in my backyard or Andy Forth in his backyard or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But it would be cool if I could get together with Bill Baird in Los Angeles and a friend in New York and somebody in Singapore, and we're all playing together in real time. In with with no broadcast. latency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no latency, right. And so that's what I'm working on, and I've kind of got it getting real close to figuring it out. So I've been doing some, uh, uh, getting together with some of my friends that are interested in, in this too. And I'm going to try to come up with a fairly streamlined way of doing it. Cause even beyond this crisis, I think that's a, a valuable tool because yeah. you literally could take someone from a studio, even in their basement in Los Angeles and get a usable track on a, on a, on a record, you know, right, it's, right. it's, uh, and, you know, without all that FTP stuff and stuff, like in right. real time. So you're actually talking about, it goes, you know, the thing is, okay, we'll send you the track and you send us the track back and then we'll send you the track back. Now you don't have to do that. And that's, that's one of the fortunate things of contemporary technology. So, well, you I'm know, to, go ahead. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm trying to kill my time doing that, that kind of stuff nice. rather than, well, you know, you, well, you know, Dick, uh, as I was, Mentioning to you earlier today that I had a conversation with our former guest that Manny already mentioned, Jonathan Freilich, and he was pointing out, I had a big, long conversation with him yesterday, he was pointing out how uh, for all the musicians who for years haven't been able to figure out how to use the internet, how to get on the internet and play live, that all it took was uh, one week of all gigs being canceled and everybody figured it out. It's quite remarkable. <laughs> my favorite was, uh, and not to bag on anybody, but my friend Dave Jordan did a little backyard thing. So, and one thing, I don't know if you've noticed, but every, if you've got an iPhone, everybody's left-handed now all of a sudden. Have you seen that? Uh, uh, I'm not sure what you mean, but... Uh... In other words, if you watch the stream on Facebook Live... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the mirror image. Yes, I did notice right. that. So you're getting nothing with mirror image, right? right. So, uh, so anyway, Dave starts his thing and... The camera is perpendicular, you know, so you know it, it's like they're sideways and stuff. So people they, they're tuning up and stuff, and people are, are sending notes to Dave saying, "Hey, idiot, move the camera!" Right? So you know they start a song, and then somebody comes in, "No, no, no, you got to do," and then he comes up and he drops the camera, and it goes dark, and it comes back on, and scratches, and they get they get it going and stuff like that, and. Uh, in a way, it was like the perfect Saturday Night Live uh, uh, right. uh, thing, you know? Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> a learning curve going, here. Yeah. yeah, Dave's going, I don't know what the hell's going on. Somebody else do it yet. <laughs> 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 and, uh, 
So he gets hundreds of hits of people. Oh, Dave, that was great, man. I love it. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> hey, it's a real moment, man. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, the, the, that's the thing that's, that's going to get us through is the humanity of it. I always go back to that in every show is, is, you know, that's, yeah. that's the thing that will save us is our, our love of our fellow man. You know, there's a lot of fear out there, a lot of fear of our fellow man. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we have to resist that, that impulse to, uh, I mean, we have to be safe, but we have to resist the, the impulse to blame each other because it's, it's, yeah. not, it's, uh, uh, this is, this is the best time of my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally come to you, man. It's, it's a golden you, age baby. for Manny Chevrolet. He's off of work. <laughs> He's still getting paid <laughs> and he doesn't have to wait, see wait. anybody. <laughs> <laughs> when when yeah. you run for mayor, I got I got your campaign slogan. I told you so. I told you. So. Yeah, there you go. I told you so. I've been telling these people for five elections now. They don't yeah, nobody listens I know. to me. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. You know. Well, God, but Manny. Listen, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Um. I, I, uh, Renee, do you think it's time that we call it quits because it's getting close to our... Yeah, it feels feels like a podcast for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, it feels like a podcast. And this was great. I, I, I had a great. I think this was fantastic, man. I think this worked really well. You know, once we get into Dick's whole, uh, you know, whatever uh, uh, thing he's talking about here, you know, it's just going to even get better as far as sound quality uh, and. Uh, well, well, this is Dick Part Do, and I'm sure there'll be Dick Part. Say, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hoping that we have the hundredth uh, party at some point. Oh well, yeah, uh, we we, we, yeah, we, we certainly will. We can all, uh, yeah, yeah. Even if we, even if it's uh, you know episode uh, forty one forty nine, we'll still have the hundredth episode party when, whenever. Right, you know, because whenever by the time we us. can actually. Can you imagine by the time we're able to get in the same room again, what a drunken brawl that's going to turn into? So oh, I can't uh, wait for that. It'll be fun, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, guys, I sure appreciate y'all thinking of me, and uh, I'm glad we've proven that modern technology is not beyond the grasp, that uh, three three giants of technology can get together on cell phones and uh, do a podcast, right? Yes, and, and you know, uh, we, we we will survive. Uh, uh, and, and Manny, final thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to say one thing. I, I don't know if you guys are... Uh, uh, watch soap operas or anything like that. Well, I haven't, but, but maybe um, I'm ready to get back into them. Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, I think I watch them on, yeah, yeah. on the internet pretty much 24 seven. So yeah. Yeah. Well, there was this, um, the young and the restless star, Roscoe Bain, mm. uh, Roscoe Bourne, his name was, okay. he died at the age of 69 or did he? <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. So we like to say, uh, yeah. So, so Dick, uh, you know, uh, on the in the Trouble Nation, we always like to say, uh, uh, trouble never ends, but the struggle continues. Thank you. Good night. We love you guys, man. Take you care. too, man. Be safe. Right. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Good night. Good night. I took LSD in 1973. Went behind the veil Floated on the tail Eternity Serenity Tried to write it down But once I came around 
Nah. 